You see, we're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to the new and improved podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Qureshi, also known in some circles as Q. Now the podcast is a series of conversations with non-famous people, which are, I think, some of the most interesting people in the entire world. And so my first episode is with somebody very special and non-famous, but famous in my heart. Eileen Haddad is a writer and an artist and a graphic designer and a thrift store aficionado. Uh, She is almost universally beloved among the dork class of Austin, Texas, and she's one of my best friends in the whole world. Welcome, Weenie. Hi. (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready to podcast? I'm ready to podcast. (laughs) Why have we never podcasted before? I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't podcast normally. It's not my thing. Oh, well, here's the thing is now you have to, it has to be your thing because I'm your friend and I'm podcasting. Okay. It's my thing officially right this second. (laughs) Do you not listen to any podcasts? You know, I really don't listen to many podcasts. I will listen to them if people like recommend them, Uh but it's not my go-to. What's your, like, what, what has been the best podcast you've heard? Oh, Besides that's a tough one. one. Well, this one, of course. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Oh, I love um, Terry Gross. What is her p- podcast? Well, it, like, is it Fresh Air? Yeah. 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 So I listen to that on a podcast. So yeah. I guess that doesn't really count because it's a radio show. Yeah, because... Terry Gross was doing Fresh Air long before the podcasting scene, right? which kind of gives her an unfair advantage in the podcasting It's true, scene. and that's where I started listening to her. So you're right. I'm trying to think. You've got me on the spot right now. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? I, I told you I don't listen to that many podcasts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe you picked believe. the wrong person to be on your show. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so, but here's the thing. I don't think podcasts are for everybody. Like not everybody is a podcast person and that's okay. But the people that are podcast people are really podcast people. Yeah. I've noticed that. Or pod people. people. Are really <laughs> better known as pod people. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. My, my coworker, Stephanie, she and I are like obsessed with podcasts. When one of us finds one that's really good, we get all excited. I don't know. I think it's a way to kill time, and I just have other things that I do. So oh, I don't... so you're you're just too important for a podcast? No, no. I mean, yeah. like reading, or I mean, <laughs> it's not like anything more important. It's just I go to read instead of to podcast. Like that's my go-to. I like to cartoon in yes, my spare you do. time. You do. So you're very yeah very productive with your spare time. Maybe. Well, I'm going to have to start listening, and I'll start with, with this episode. How about that? That's a damn good idea. <laughs> okay. Actually, I should go back and li- listen to others. I listened to, what did I listen to? Lauren Motory. That was great. The one I did with her for? Yes. It was good, right? She's really good. Yeah. I love her. I love I her love anyway. Lauren. Did you, are you listening, wait, are you listening to the 
conversation I had with her or her yes. her podcast. You know, I she haven't has a listened podcast. to her. Yes, and I mean to listen to it. And again, it's not first on my radar, but um, I listened to your podcast with Lauren. Yes, and I yes. loved it. Before we really get rolling here, I'm gonna. I have icebreaker questions. Oh boy. So the whole point of this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering when am I going to get to the point? This is it, baby. This is the point. We're having, we're just, we're talking. We're, we're just, we're just going to talk. So you can uh, turn it off now if you're not interested in hearing me and Eileen talk, but that's what's going to happen here. Um, I think it's interesting. Eileen, <laughs> I don't care. And, and honestly, I don't care if anyone else thinks it's interesting. So you have low expectations is what I have you're low saying. expectations. No, but you know what it is, is I, I, so here's, this is the thing. I have a, a sort of aversion to like celebrity culture. I loathe cults of personality in politics or in media or any of that stuff because I think it's, I think it's gross. And I also think that those are not real representations of people, right? Like those are people that we idolize and idols aren't real. And so there's not a whole lot of value there as far as like paying attention to what those people are saying and doing. On the other hand, the average person has this, you know, whole universe of experiences in their life, you know, that they can share. And they're not necessarily constrained by public opinion or other people's hangups or this sort of need to present a brand. So you can, you can, the people that I'm talking to can say whatever they want, however they want. And I think that's far more interesting. All right. I will, <laughs> I will do my best to be interesting. <laughs> why, why are we friends, Eileen? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> It's a bit of a mystery, I have okay. to say. Okay, let's start with my icebreaker question. Okay. Number one, what's the last thing you watched on TV? Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> my guilty pleasure. It was NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot that you watched that. I have a guilty pleasure. It's very embarrassing to admit that because Why? it's really, it's not a good show. I mean, it is objectively not a good show do you watch but, all the ncis's or just los angeles just that one i've i've watched all of the others at times but this is my this is the one that i uh, watch regularly why why, why? Yeah. well there are several reasons not the least of which the cast is so attractive <laughs> i like watching pretty people do things yes i think that's a completely legitimate choice entertainment choice i don't agree but uh, it's the truth all right so just hot people no i like the stories too i mean it's it's just it's just like cops and robbers kind of show it's yeah, yeah. it's you know, it's not formulaic crap. Yeah, very formulaic. Whatever. Look, I don't care. Like, I think it's okay to watch. Um, I watch. I watch freaking Top Gear episodes from the early two thousands. That's my <laughs> idea of. I mean, and I have no business watching British car shows, but whatever. <laughs> I like. It. I think it sounds more interesting than my show. I just like it. It's a lot of action and attractive people jumping on things. <laughs> <laughs> 
never now that I'm saying it, now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds even dumber than it than I thought it was. <laughs> no, no, I, I never underestimate the draw of attractive people jumping on things. I mean, whole industries have been built on less. <laughs> okay, so the second icebreaker question: What's the last book you read? Well, I can tell you the book I'm reading because, well, the last book I read here, let me, let me grab it. I'm not finished with it, actually. Well, there are two books. I read several books at a time, mm-hmm, so you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't pin me down there. The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, that was my most recent book. And then the other recent book that I never did finish, and I might go back, is called World War Z, an oral history of the zombie war. And then I'm reading right now The Hot Zone, which is all about Ebola. And so why I'm reading it during this time, I don't quite know. Okay. But it's fascinating. It's very gruesome. Ew. Yeah, like, it's pretty like, gruesome. Tell me, tell me some gruesome things. It's the way people bleed out. It like turns their insides to mush and then Ew. blood comes pouring out of all their orifices. It's gross. It's it gross. Sounds but like that's not, well, it's not. Yeah, I have a thing. Um, it's not as pointless as that. Like it talks about how the military and the CDC address it and kind of the politics there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some interesting characters, but it's, it's, I believe it's true. I'm pretty sure it's based on truth. So. Oh, I was assuming it was a nonfiction book. It is. I oh, okay. Believe. <laughs> I don't want to say 100% and then somebody call in and be like, hey, that's a lie. Okay. Well, first but, yes. of all, nobody's going to call in. Well, not call in, but, but, you know, call you on it. Call me on it even worse. <laughs> they can call you on it. I don't care. What are they going to do? Uh, that's true. Yeah. No. Ruin my stellar um, reputation. <laughs> on the internet? Yeah, whatever. The, again, another amazing advantage to being non-famous. It's true. Is that you really can't be canceled. It's true. Yeah. Go cancel yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the last question is, what did you eat for breakfast? Oh, boring. I had cereal. Kashi, Kashi heart to heart. I think that's what it's called. Something with hearts. It has little hearts in it. Wait, a friendly breakfast. What kind of hearts? Like, (laughs) not beating hearts, but like Valentine hearts. You're, is this a cereal for adults? (laughs) Yes, I think so. (laughs) Yes, it's not quite good enough to be a kid's cereal, but it's sweet. Oh. It's just not quite as sweet as like, you know. Is it meant to be like healthy for your heart? I think that's kind of what the point is, but I just buy it because I like the taste of it and it stays crisp in milk. Oh. Unlike some cereals that turn to mush. Eileen, have you been to Costco? Do you go to Costco? I haven't been in ages. I have a Costco card. Okay. Next time I go to Costco, I'm going to buy you some of this cereal. What I don't know it? if they I don't know if they have it anywhere else. <laughs> I've never seen it anywhere else, but it's called the Morning Summit. Oh, I've and never it's heard like, of it. Like you know the if you ever look at like the calories of regular cereal, it's like what 200 
calories per cup of the cereal. Like morning summit is like 500 calories per cup. It's <laughs> just what I need. But it is the best damn cereal. It's got, okay, I'm going to tell you, it has flakes, <laughs> like wheat flakes. And then it has big cherries, like dried cherries, Ooh. almonds, coconut, um, pumpkin seeds, and I don't know, a bunch of other crap. It's so good. Like it is dangerous. It I can't delicious. buy it that often because I'll eat the whole thing. And then that's like yeah, that would be my problem. Calories. Yeah. Because I'll eat it like three times a day. I'll buy you some for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> Which, but that sort of gives away the <laughs> surprise. Here's some cereal. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know, neither of us really celebrate Christmas. No, not really. I a little bit. I go to my husband. Well, Bill, you know my husband. On Christmas Day, other than not this year probably, but we go up to his family's Christmas celebration in Waco. Mm. So I I go and celebrate there. But no, I'm not a celebrator of the holidays in general, but I will do a little celebrating with Christmas and of Hanukkah. Because my family, you know, as you know, is Jewish. And even though I am really not anything, I still I still like going to the parties. Is Hanukkah the Latka one? Yes. Yeah. That's, a, that's an important uh, holiday. It yeah. is. <laughs> All holidays in the Jewish calendar are based on food. Yes, obviously. It's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. We oh, we forgot the most important holiday of the year which I know we both embrace, which is Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you something, Eileen. I am stoked for this year's Festivus. Because oh, really? I have some grievances. Give me a preview. Oh, I don't know if I can. I, you oh. know what? I put a lot of thought into my list of grievances. And so really? I just, I don't know if I want to like tell anybody yet. Wow. Okay. It sounds very private. It's not. It'll I put it a- out publicly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I miss that. But it's a process. I have to like go through the process of like sifting through my, all my innumerable grievances <laughs> and like trying to figure out which make the cut. Wow. I got to put some more thought into mine. I usually just sort of off the cuff mention the things I have grievances about at the moment. Oh, no. What? I saved them I up all year. I have a note, <laughs> like a... On my laptop, I keep a little note open to add grievances. (laughs) That is the most charming and ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's really important not to constantly be griping and kvetching and like talking about negativity, right? Saying negative things. I'm a believer that, you know, you're going to create like a you know mindset around negativity if that's all you dwell on so you know I mean I'm not in denial about it but I also don't want to do that and I and I also think that it affects other people like I think that's a big problem on the internet is like we impact the way other people feel by our words and our behaviors right and so I like I don't want to just be like spewing negativity all the time but I do feel negative a lot right Mm -hmm. and so I try to save it up for like once a year and just like let it all out on Festivus. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love it. What I invite you idea. to join me. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I can't wait for negativity. 
I have to have it in the moment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like waiting. It's like the same thing with um, dessert. I tend, like, you know, if you go to a conference or something and they give mm-hmm. you food, it's usually mediocre, but the desserts tend to be pretty good. So mm-hmm. I always start not with salad, but with dessert. And then I work my way down from there. So I usually will save a bite or two for the end of the meal, but I'm a big believer in dessert first. Wow. I can't even imagine that. What? Ant- really? Yeah, that is antithetical to who I am as a person. <laughs> so who you are as a person is a crappy conference meal? <laughs> <laughs> no. Who I am as a person is somebody who really likes delayed gratification. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. trouble with that. Yeah. No, it's cool. We all have our own ways. You know, that study, this is actually going to be in the book I'm working on, that study about the marshmallows and the kids. Uh huh. Yeah, that sort of delayed gratification test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, I would have eaten all the marshmallows. Oh, I don't know that everyone's going to know that story. Do you want to tell it? No, you can tell it. Do you want to tell it? I, if I can remember it correctly. I think the deal was they had little kids come to, to be tested quote unquote mm-hmm. and um the i don't know if he's a doctor but we'll call him a doctor gives that puts a, a marshmallow in front of the kid and says if you can wait five minutes to eat the marshmallow you can have two marshmallows but if you can't wait and you eat the one that's all you get and they thought it might predict if the kids can have delayed gratification and i don't know how successful it was in predicting but it's often referred to as the marshmallow project. Yeah. So, right. I would eat I would eat the marshmallow bef- and probably not make it to the two marshmallows. I don't know. Maybe I can make it. Depends on how Maybe. long it is and how hungry you are. Yeah, I think it's 15 minutes. Hungry. Yeah. This is a long time. But for a little kid, for a little kid, yeah. Yeah. For a little kid. Maybe it was less. Now you've got me questioning everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Excellent work with the icebreaker questions. Good. Giving you some positive reinforcement here. (laughs) I need it. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about art. Art. Because you are an artiste. You're going to put me on the spot with art, aren't you? No. Okay, good. No. I I want you to talk to me about art. Like, you're, you're an actual artist, which... I know we always say everyone's an artist. Maybe that's true. Maybe we all have like the latent artist within us. But like I am referring to somebody who actually regularly produces high quality art. <laughs> you're a liar about me. So maybe it means you're a professional artist. Well, I mean, I'm a graphic designer. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I tend to separate that from an artist. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I see art as being a little more, I don't know if not, well, creative, a little less, uh, what's the word? I have trouble finding words. You know what? Menopause is coming upon me and I swear to God, I can't remember shit. (laughs) But anyway, as far as art goes, I owe you an apology. Oh. So remember the other day when we did our little art date? Yes. Painted. Yes. My shit was so crappy and I'm supposed to be an artist and I was just feeling all bunged up and I get nervous before I make art like I'm performing. It's really sad. 
hmm, you didn't seem particularly tense about it. I wasn't tense in the moment because I was with you and I love spending time with you. And I saw that you were doing really cool art. So I was able to get excited for you. But I was just sort of just putting my paintbrush on the page and scooching around some medium. It wasn't, I just, ugh. This is why art school ruined me. I swear, (laughs) art school ruined me. I am a shell of an artist now. Okay, so I want to talk to you about how you discovered you were an artist, your decision to go to art school, and then why it has completely destroyed your artistic mojo. (laughs) Okay, no big deal. Let's just talk about the basis of my entire life. Yes. No biggie. Yeah. I was very, very young when I was played with art, as most kids are, you know, given tools. Um, My mom thought I was a genius, of course. Yes. She had me at, I don't remember what age I was, but maybe three or four, I would collect leaves and make little people out of them. And she just thought I was a genius. So, and she asked the teacher, is she a genius? And of course, what's the teacher going to say? Of course, the teacher says, of course, she's a genius. But I grew up with art. My parents would take us to, actually, really, my mom would take us to see museums. We'd go and see art all the damn time. And I hated it. But it... it, Why did you hate it? Oh, because at the time... I wanted to make art. I didn't uh, want to see art. Yeah. I was little. I was yeah. really little. Yeah. So anyway. Wait, where, I, where was this? Austin. I grew up in Austin. Oh, I wasn't okay. born here, but I grew up here. Okay. I was, I was five when I moved here. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I grew up with art in my life, both viewing it and doing it. And I remember every Hanukkah, I'd get new art supplies. And that was like the best day was the best. And then I took tons of art classes in high school. Like I think my senior year last semester, I took like four art classes in bowling or some ridiculous (laughs) in English. And I always, I liked writing. So Mm -hmm. I loved English, but I loved art. And um, after that, I decided, well, I bet it's creative being in advertising. So I went to college and started out as an advertising major. And that did not go well. I hated it. It was just, well, it wasn't creative. It was very much about business. And it wasn't, I know that they would eventually get to the creative part, but I was impatient. So I went and talked to one of the professors at the art school at, at UT. And he told me about it. And it seemed much closer to what I was interested in. And so I, I changed my major to art, which, of course, I changed my major. I was 18. Who the hell knows what they're going to do when they're 18? So mm-hmm. I, um, I quickly, second semester, I quickly moved over to art. And actually, I loved it. I loved going to school for art. I, it was fantastic. Some of the happiest times being an artist were being in school. However, you learn, the way you learn is to have your shit torn apart, basically. Sometimes, literally, (laughs) you'll have it up for a critique and the teacher will just, like, rip part of it off there and be like, it doesn't need this. This should move over here. Rip. Wow. And so that's a little rough, you know, on the ego. It's pretty brutal on your ego. But um, it taught me a lot. I mean, I learned a lot. And then 
when I graduated college, I was so burned out from school that I just went to Vail and became a ski bum and just <laughs> worked as a waitress and among other many other jobs to support my skiing habit. But then I went to work at the Vail Daily newspaper and became a graphic designer for really the first time. And, um, and then I never stopped. But because I was so focused on graphic design, I lost my abilities to paint and draw because I was uh, almost entirely on the computer. Yep. Which is why now I've decided I'm actually I'm in the middle of taking an art class through Laguna Gloria. Oh, very yeah. cool. Very yeah. Cool. Okay, so the what's the difference then? So I I mean, I think you could say both art, like classical art and graphic design are creative endeavors, but art and design are two very different things, right? Right. I mean, as far as the process, and I think I mean, I don't know, you tell me. I mean, I know graphic design has rules, a lot of rules. Right. As somebody who's actually studied art, does art have rules? I think I don't know entirely, but because I wasn't, I was really in the graphic design department at mm. UT, mm-hmm. so my focus was there. But you had to take other, you know, fine art classes. Um, I think there are. The thing is, is if there are any rules, they are meant to be broken in art, and in design, you can break the rules, but you have to be very, very, very careful how you do so. And you have to have a lot of knowledge about the fundamentals of design in order to break those rules. And I think, and uh, you know, if any artists listen to this, I'm sure they will berate me, but I think that there are fewer rules. I, I mean, I think, at least when I was in school, that's how I thought. And I did not let any so-called rules affect my ability to do all sorts of creative stuff because the first couple of years in art school, you are just taking art classes. Like I wasn't taking any design classes until mm. my sophomore and junior years. And so I got to experiment with a lot of different, different things. And I was able to, you know, they have to be able to judge your work. And so there are certain things they're judging it by. So for instance, if you do life drawing and you're design, you're drawing the human figure, there are certain proportions and um, traits that there are. It's not so much rules, it's just reality. A leg looks like a leg, but yeah. there are proportions to it. And so one leg might look more realistic than another. And then it's, you know, then it's about, well, does realism really matter? And it doesn't. It but doesn't. when you're taking, well, when you're taking a life drawing class, it kind of does. But art in general, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's more about, I guess it's about the the process and the meaning. Although that's what drives me crazy about art museums. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to an art museum and you're dying, there's this cool piece of art and you're dying to know what was the thought behind it. And mm-hmm. there's no, like the little thing about the author or the artist just says, you know, what it was made out of. Right. But it doesn't talk about what the thinking was behind it. I hate that. I really yeah. want to know. I want to go inside an artist's brain. Do you think, I mean, I, I have no clue here. Do you think that people who make art are always thinking about it? That there's, a, there's an actual purpose? Like I look at, um, 
like Rothko, right? Like Mark mm-hmm. Rothko. You know, he's just got like blank, not blank, but like big swaths of color, right? And, and it's just like blocks of color and, and gradients and things. And what I'm trying to, I mean, do you think that there is something concrete, something real that he's, he's uh, trying to represent or that, that is inspiring those things? Or do you think it's a completely sort of abstract thing? that he doesn't even fully understand what he's doing. It's just he feels called or, or compelled to do it in this way. God, I, I mean, I have no idea. Why, why are you asking me these difficult questions? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I'm just no, curious. Like, I, I'm just curious. I am curious I don't know. too. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, you know, I'm going to switch topics only slightly. Okay. But have you ever been to the Rothko Chapel in Houston? I haven't. I really want to go. Ah, some people hate it. I love it. I just love it. It's, I don't have the right words for it. It's just very intimate. Mm-hmm. And yet it seems vast somehow. The proportions are so interesting. But um, I think you need to go. I think we need to go take a road trip that, there is really an amazing idea. amazing art in houston houston has terrific art and oh man we would have so much fun yeah Can you imagine yeah because we've done art day in austin right yeah like yeah we, we'll take a day and just like go look at art at museums or you know wherever outdoor art and uh so i definitely we should definitely do like art in other cities like we go to houston and also Dallas, right? San Antonio. San Antonio. San Antonio has really good art too. Okay. All right. All right. We'll take our podcast on the road. Oh, <laughs> now you're talking. Yes. Okay. I, I like that idea. I have not been. I want to go. And I, we can now drop this conversation because. Because <laughs> I'm useless. No, I'm no. not helping at we, all. I think we've. I think we've. <laughs> we've, we've We've uh, explored it and sufficiently for the time being, and now I want to move on to writing, which is a f- ah. it's, it's a form of of art, right? I guess. I guess so. And yeah, but wow. so here's the thing: is when I met you, you had a blog, right? But it wasn't right. really a. I mean, it was a it was just like a, a blog that you updated every once in a while, but it wasn't like a blog that was specifically for you as a writer. It was you as a designer, you as a, you know, tech person. But at some point in the last couple of years, you have morphed into an actual writer, like an author, right? Well, I don't know about an author. Don't, isn't the definition of an author to have published a book? Okay, yes, but that's your, let's say that's what you're attempting to do. Okay, right? like that's I'm attempting to be an author. We're attempting to author a book. Yes, I yeah. am. Which is crazy. Like, I, I did not expect this from you. Neither did I. And I think it was a huge mistake, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you're at peace with your choices in life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I mean, not that I thought it would be easy. Yeah. But, wow. What? Not- okay. So I've done like NaNoWriMo before, you know. You have? Yeah. 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 Whoa. But, and it's, it was like amazing. So if you don't know what it is, uh, listeners, 
National Novel Writing Month is in November, and basically people sign up to challenge themselves to write a novel of 50,000 words or more during that month. And the thing about it is that it's, it's a specific challenge. It's, it requires that you write every single day and prioritize your writing, and they have a really great community around it. So, but that's like the only big thing I've ever written. That's huge. Well, that's enormous. Uh, it's a long story, believe, but I don't even know, know where that manuscript is. I have no idea. It's a, it's heartbreaking. I, I love, it. that's very sad, but I have to say, I love that about you, that you just try shit, man, in hard stuff. It's not even like easy. I, I, I'm amazed at what you do. I can't believe you did nano. Like the thing about that is there's no real uh, consequence for failure. Like if you, no. don't do it, you don't do it. So it's, okay. yeah, but you try and you oh, actually yeah. succeeded. Okay. So, but that, that is a different proposition because that's all like you can be a professional but most people that do it are amateurs I am clearly an amateur I just sat down and just started writing like there was no thought put into it I just was doing all writing during Mm -hmm. that month now you are actually doing a a formal book writing process right yes which is tell me well first of all I forgot what I was going to say okay Okay. So let's talk about writing <laughs> instead. <laughs> so tell me about how, like, how did you choose, like, how did you decide to write a damn book? Well, it, it started with my cartoons, actually. Uh-huh. So I would write, I wrote a bunch of, not even a bunch, several, many posts about graphic design when I first started my blog. And then I found that I tired of that. And I started just writing about random shit. And, and so that was fun. And that was a creative outlet. And I posted on my blog and whatever. But around the same time, I started a comic strip based on my marriage. And it became popular among my friends, just my friends, and of course, my family. And um, I decided I'll put a book together. People were suggesting, oh, this would be a great book. And I was like, well, you could just look on my website. It doesn't have to be a book. But anyway, I liked the idea. And so I thought, oh, I'll do a, a comic book. And then I started writing stories about these, all these events that I cartooned about. And they became essays that are now part of the book. Like it just happened organically. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you just, like you say, I try things. You, you basically are just doing shit. You're like, you just do it and try it. And, and it seems to be working out. Well, seems to be. Although I have to say today, of all days to have this, I am so stuck right now. I'm in the editing and revision process right now. And it's... It's really hard. It's it's not easy to go back through your work. First of all, it's boring as shit, man. I'm so tired of reading my own stuff. I can't begin to tell you. But I am going through and I'm having to delete things that I liked, but they're not serving the purpose. And so they call that killing your darlings. You have to kill some darlings 
when you're editing. Well, that's pretty uh, harsh. I used to call it murdering your loved ones, so that's not as bad, actually. <laughs> that is terrible and a little psychotic. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so you know, so now I'm writing a book for some reason, but actually, I've I've enjoyed much of it, um, and so the book is going to be. They're personal essays, but they're illustrated. And I use my cartoons from my website and also draw. I'm drawing new cartoons to go with the essays that I'm writing. And my essays are about everything from our honeymoon to my failures in the kitchen to my chronic migraines and vacations we've taken. One funny story was when I dressed up as another woman and tried to seduce my husband. <laughs> oh, do tell. Oh, you don't Wait, why were you dre- dressed as what? what? What kind of woman were you dressed as? Well, I, I started out with a blonde wig mm. and some kind of slutty shoes. And, you know, I wore kind of a sexy outfit. And then we met up at this cheesy cheesy dance club called tangerines <laughs> and i got there first and so and no one else was there except me and the bartender and then this woman walked in and she was like bleach blonde tan 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 skinny as a rail big blonde hair she was amazing and so she saw me and she came over and we started chit-chatting and her name was i don't know it was like Arizona or Montana or Idaho. It was like a state. It was some state, probably Montana. But anyway, and she said, but that's just my club name. So apparently you have to have a club name. Apparently if you're like trying to pick up guys and you don't want them to know your real name. Anyway, see, I learned things. What? (laughs) Okay. I... (laughs) I cannot believe. But there's more the to story the story. Even going on. What? <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to this with my my mouth open. What? Okay. Did you did you choose a club name? Well, I thought I would choose a club name, and but I thought I would forget it, so okay, I wait. just used my middle name, which is what Doris. <laughs> When? <laughs> when? Oh, that's not so bad. Okay, listen. I got questions already. <laughs> so you're sitting in this cheesy bar. It's a bar dance club. Both. What kind of dance? What kind of dance club? Like, what kind of music do they have there? I don't even remember. But it was for like adults, but like cheesy adults, not like down on Sixth Street, but like older adults okay and so you're sitting there in a blonde wig and slutty shoes waiting for your husband to arrive is this like the pina colada song i guess like i, I did, remember did the... he know he was coming to me yes he knew he pretty did much you know, knew did he know that you were going to attempt to seduce him while dressed as another woman um i don't know actually I told him about my plan and he just sort of nodded blankly and didn't like respond. We see it started with, um, I can't remember. We got a gift of a night at the Stephen F. Austin hotel downtown for our anniversary. So that's what that was. 
So it was using that hotel room to create some sort of seduction. So I like checked into the hotel room early and I pinned all the hair on my head into, you know, little pin curls so that I could fit the wig, this tiny wig on my humongous head. And (laughs) was was the hair long? It was long-ish. I mean, it was below my shoulders, but not like down my back. Okay. Okay. I still have the wig. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we may need a fo- we may need a, a photo. Okay. So then, wait. I got to get back here. So you're sitting in this in this cheesy club, dressed as a uh, as a woman who is not you, waiting for Bill to show up so you can attempt to seduce him. And at that point, a woman comes in and sees you and is like. Hey, that looks like the kind of person I am. Uh, hot chick trying to pick up on dudes. I'm gonna go over there and see what her situation is. So she, so this Arizona person or whatever comes over there and is like, "Did you explain to her that you were not really who you appeared to be?" No, I didn't. I acted like I was this other person, which made it so much more fun. So. She bought it, so the bartender bought it, so I was feeling pretty good about myself and my ability to turn into another person. Was there anybody else in the club at this time? At this time, people started slowly wandering in. And um, What were you drinking? Oh, God. I have no idea. Probably a vodka tonic or something like that, a vodka soda. I know, yeah. It wasn't If like you were dressed good- as Gwen the Barracuda, you should have been like drinking a Colorado bulldog or something. I know something a little bit harsher, but you know, I was uncomfortable enough. I wasn't going to change my drinking habits. Okay. All right. (laughs) You got to give me that. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So then what? So then a little while later, Bill comes in and he is drunk. He had apparently, apparently he had gone to Hooters before to get drunk because he was so appalled at my idea that he just could not (laughs) handle it sober. So, I mean, he wasn't like, I couldn't tell he was drunk until I was with him, you know, like until I saw him. But apparently, you know, at that point it was apparent to me, it wasn't apparent to me that he was intoxicated and he went up to the bar and so I told this Montana lady, I'm going to go get another drink. And then I went up to the bar and I started hitting on my husband like I wasn't <laughs> myself. <laughs> oh, the thing is that's so funny is like people listening to this, if, if you don't know Bill Haddad, <laughs> you would not understand why this is so funny. Okay, what did he do? What did, did he recognize you? Yeah, he, we knew this was happening. Okay. Like, he didn't know about the wig, so it took him yeah. a second. But yeah, so. <laughs> and then, like, and I'm then, crying tears right now. <laughs> so then, we he asked me to dance, and so we danced. Oh, dear, what did oh, you God. dance to? Oh, come on! You think I'm going to remember that? I can barely remember what book I'm reading. <sighs> wow. Okay. So then I brought him to the table to where Montana was sitting. 
And apparently later on, he told me he thought she was a hooker that I was trying to like have a threesome. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) in your dreams bill yeah bill well he was terrified like he was petrified like what what is going on here and of course we wanted we were so it was so ridiculous that we just quickly wanted to get out of there and so i had to look like i was totally like i meet this guy and i run off with him like 10 minutes later i i leave with him so it didn't seem realistic i don't know if montana figured it out but she she, what she did say was god bless you when i started leaving Uh, because arizona thought you were a hooker (laughs) (laughs) basically that's what just happened she's like oh i see how it is she goes she's meeting she's meeting her john's here i see okay all right god bless that never occurred to me but that is clearly Clearly, that's that a is a really thought. good thought. I just never would have thought that. Huh. How about that? Why else would you meet a guy? Well, I was picking him up. I could have just been a woman picking up a guy. Yeah, but why would you have left immediately with him? <laughs> like, usually, <laughs> unless, you were, unless you had some prior understanding that there, like, you had a place to go and something to do. Like, you wouldn't have just met some random dude and then in 10 minutes been like, okay, we're going. Oh, yeah, you, you would have, have a had point. a drink, at least a little, you know, opportunity to schmooze. And then, well, we did schmooze for a little while, but it was pretty quick. <laughs> and we just, he and I burst out laughing when we left. Like, it was so, it was such a failure that it was laughable. Okay. Uh, and then? Did you go anywhere else or did you call it no, a night? We just called it a night, went up to the room. Went up to the Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, it was a steamy <laughs> night of room service. And <laughs> it was like the least steamy because I had to take this wig off. And then my hair is in a wig cap, which is like a condoms reservoir tip. Yeah. And it's on my head and I'm pulling at it and all my pin curls are coming out. And I come out looking like little orphan Annie. And so sexy. it wasn't. It wasn't very sexy at all. <laughs> it was wow. not a sexy evening at all on I any level. I am just astounded at this story. <laughs> There's so many things about it. Wow. Okay. So that's that. So that's in the book. Okay. That's a well, if there are more stories like this, I'm going to buy that book. Well, all um, right. That is one crazy ass story. <laughs> Have you do you, do you do regularly these kinds of crazy things? No. Okay. That was kind of a one-time, one-off situation. Normally, I'm a pretty regular kind of gal. That's cool. Sort of boring, a uh, little bit boring. Hmm. Although you guys travel a lot, or we you do did like before travel. the COVID. Well, yeah, before then, we did a lot of times. Bill has interesting places he has to go for work and then I tag along and we extend the journey and and um, take some time for a vacation so that's really cool so where's the coolest place you went coolest place oh good lord I don't know if it's I don't know Japan man was badass it was it's the most I don't know how to say this it was the most foreign foreign country I'd ever been in. It was Hmm. really the most different place 
that I could ever imagine. And it's not a place that was really high on my list of places to go, but Bill had a gig out there and I was like, you are not going to Japan without me. I'm sorry, mister. So I tagged along on that one. And while he was working, I was exploring Tokyo. And then after he was, what? Oh, I was going to say, did you ever, did you, while you were in Tokyo, did you go to that giant digital art exhibit? No. And I was dying to go and we never had a chance to go. We had other plans. Oh, I really do too. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I was, that's one of my big disappointments was that we never made it there, but there's just so much and we wanted to go to Kyoto. And so we took a, one of those super fast trains. Mm -hmm. What do they call those bullet trains Mm -hmm. to Kyoto and um, spent a few days there. And then we went back to Tokyo, saw lots of um, shrines and temples and art. It was just, it was just amazing. And oh, go ahead. Oh, I happened to know somebody who was there on vacation too. So yeah, it was weird. So we hooked up one day, um, actually twice. And they made it so much easier. The first, when I first got there, Bill had to go to work almost immediately. I was there by myself in Tokyo. Like it's the biggest city in the world. And I was petrified. And so I was, I couldn't do anything. I didn't want to leave the hotel room, which was very nice by the way, but I'm sitting there in Tokyo, unable to move. And I've, there's all this stuff to see. And so I called my friend And I was like, okay, I'm here, but I'm paralyzed with fear of leaving the hotel. And she said, just hang tight. I'm going to come and get you. And she and her husband were so generous. And they took me all around like the area where I was staying so that I could kind of get used to, you know, the surroundings. And they took me in to, to eat somewhere and just so I would able to it was like having training wheels i'm so glad they did that because then after that i was like i am on it and i was all over that town but that first outing i was really scared of yeah how was the food what did Uh, you have it was amazing now i don't eat meat but i eat seafood Mm -hmm. so it was incredible i loved it of course i love sushi Sushi is the reason I'm not a vegetarian. I just can't do it. I love sushi so much. So yeah, if you're going to do it, you want to do it there. You don't, so you don't speak any Japanese? None. So how did you navigate? Well, I learned a little trick along the way. Um, Not everyone speaks English there, although people do speak English. It's not like we once went to Colombia to Medellin and no one speaks English there. It's Spanish only. No one speaks English, but in Japan, not that many people speak English. So whenever I needed to know something, if I was out and about, I learned to ask young people because people of the younger generations are required to learn English in school, unlike their older folks. So they were so excited to practice their English with a real American. So they were, would get excited and I would be excited because I would then know which train took me to where and that kind of shit. So it was, Excellent. It was a, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's my, my dream trip. I'm going there. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited for you to someday go there. Yeah. Yeah. 
What do you most want to experience there? So I, I don't know that there's a specific thing, although I do really want to see that art exhibit, but I, I think what I want to do is be able to spend time, substantial time. Like I want to go for at least a month and I want to go and spend time in each area of Japan from North to South. So I can get sort of a vibe of what it's really like there. And I think I like to travel in a way where I do a lot of walking and I'm just out and about, right? So I don't really want to go to any specific tourist places. Although I, what is on that agenda is I will do the Mount Fuji hike. That's Mm -hmm. bucket list item. But besides that, there's no real tourist destination I want to go to. So I just want to go to these different areas and just sort of explore, right? It's a great place to explore. Right. And I've heard it, and it, I've heard it's very safe. Um, but I do think that once I, if, it, unless I get, unless I stay in Tokyo, which I don't want to do, or any of the bigger cities, I might have a little bit more of a challenge communicating. Yeah, because, probably. Yeah. But they're very friendly. They will try really hard to understand you. And sometimes a little sign language, you know, made up sign language will help. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in Tokyo, you'll find more people who speak English. And Tokyo is an amazing city. I like New York a lot. So I'm a, I mean, if I, if I could have lived in New York for a year or so, I, I wish I had done it actually. Yeah. Um, too late now for my lifestyle, but um, but Tokyo is like New York on steroids. It's it's intense, but in the best ways. And what I loved was that you could be walking down the street, you know, really busy street, and then all of a sudden, tucked off to the side, and you have to be looking for it, would be this little shrine, and you just walk between two buildings, and there was this beautiful shrine that mm. had nature, and it was just. And people would go in there to say a prayer or something. And I went and explored and it was amazing. Loved cool. it. And Bill and I did a lot of what you're talking about. We just would take the train to somewhere and then just walk around. And he might look something up and we'd try and find a certain temple that was off the beaten path. And they were the best ones because no one was there. You could really kind of get into the vibe of the place and it was it was so nice to have that sort of that time to explore and to not know where you're going yeah exactly that's what I'm hoping for well that sounds cool um I will probably pick your brain a million times before I go I'm planning to go when I turn 50 so I've got a few yeah that's exciting is it turning yes Oh, no, that sucks. But going to Japan, that oh. sounds awesome. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Are you, you, did you turn 50 last year? No, I'm about to be 53. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. And I have to tell you, people say, I mean, I don't mean to be a buzzkill, but I, I don't know that they're that great, the 50s. 40s were awesome. I loved my 40s. It's not so much that, the 50s suck it's just that I was hoping for more Mm. you know Mm. in what respect well let let us be honest 
you're 53 and really the last year has been the worst yeah, it's TM, been pretty right? bad. Like, like there's like nothing has happened. Nothing good has happened in the last year. Nothing this substantially good. Like it's just been a shitty year. So my point being that you've only had like two years in your fifties. It's true to really get a feel for them. That's a good way of looking at it because, according to many people I've talked to, things just keep getting better as far as your ability to do what you want, say what you want, be who you want. And I'm feeling a little bit not quite there yet. I don't Mm -hmm. quite know what I want to be, who I want to be. So I'm feeling like I'm struggling a little bit in that, in that world. I think in another 10 years, you're going to be a complete terror. Uh, I hear the 60s are good. I do. <laughs> okay, listen. You, I, I cannot believe, let me just say, you do not, you, you do not look 50. And oh, I know, thank like, you. I'm not trying to be ageist or whatever, but I know your mom. And your mom is, what, she's in her late 60s? She's in her 70s. You look freaking amazing. Yeah, she like, does I, look amazing. I, I do not even understand how the women in your family are able to maintain. So now I need you to give me and my listeners your beauty secrets. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I use oil of Olay. <laughs> and I wash my face with warm water and then I splash it with cool water. And I wear sunscreen. And that's about it. Okay, so it's genetics. Sunscreen is key. Okay. Whatever. It's genetics. <laughs> your, <laughs> listeners, your listeners are going to think I'm like, you know, gorgeous. And you know You're, I'm average You looking. sent me a headshot. No, no. You look fantastic. You look fantastic. Oh. And it's not even that. It's not, I'm not talking about like, you know, necessarily, you know, bone structure or whatever, which you have. But I'm talking about just like your your way like the way you are the your skin and your hair but also just like your personality you're very youthful oh really because like, i feel like an old person hmm. huh well, i obviously put out a different vibe i should pay attention to that yeah you should you should optimize for that yeah yeah totally gonna do that isn't it weird how we have completely different perceptions of ourselves than the way other people view us yes like I you know you know how they they say um like there's this this idea of like body is a body dysphoria yeah where like you don't know if you're dysmorphia dysmorphia where you don't know know. how you really look like if like you look in the mirror and and you're like maybe super 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 thin but you look you look at there and you feel like you're a fatty or something right yeah like this is a thing and i think everybody in this society actually suffers from this i think maybe it might just be human nature but i think it's more than just your body i think a lot of times you know like uh people will say you know you're so you're so thoughtful you're so calm while inside you feel completely hysterical or like mm. anxious, right? Like the way that people see you and the way that you present is very different often from how you feel. Yes. So 
I'm just curious, what would be an example for you? Um, I mean, I... Like what people say about you versus how you feel about that. Maybe, I guess, uh, people think I have my act together. They often will comment that I have my act together. And I feel completely scattered sometimes. Like internally, I just feel unsure of a lot of things. Like I don't have, I guess, like people will think, will say, oh, you have so many strong opinions. I don't really feel like I have a lot of strong opinions. Like I feel like I am actually really open and to changing my opinion on a lot of things. Yeah, that's something I admire about you. I tend to hang on to my opinions pretty, pretty tightly. And um, I have trouble seeing the other side when it doesn't agree with me. And I, I admire that about you. But um, I think you have your act together too. I'm one of those people because, I don't know, every year you put together a vision board and you have all sorts of goals and you reach all sorts of goals. And I don't know, you've got your shit together. Yeah, I, don't I don't know why you don't so. think. No, I, 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 Well, we talked about this the other day too. I am uh, one of those people that just embraces failure. Like I just do things and if they work out, they work out. And if they don't work out, then well, I learned it. Like I, I have no fear of that. That's, that's part of cool. It. That that's is cool. Good. But that's not, that's not, that doesn't translate to my internal self feeling confident or feeling settled on anything. Hmm. I don't know. I don't that's know. interesting. I don't know. All, all I'm saying is, long story short, is that I don't think people, like I also feel incredibly childish, right? Or childlike, if that's a nice way to I was going like, to say childlike, I'd say. But I, I also feel very childish. Like I, I, I often feel like I have a lot of like a sense of wonder and awe and all that. And then, you know, I'll see, I'll, I'll catch myself doing something really silly or just like acting very childish. And, and then I'll see other people look at me like, what, you know, like in public or whatever, like, why is this grown woman? <laughs> acting that way <laughs> doing what like what would be an example I don't know, like my daughter is always telling me like when we go to the store right like I'm I'm like oh look at that and I'll grab this and I'll be like really excited about it. I'll be like oh look it's sparkly oh and I'll just get really silly <laughs> like just in the moment excited about stuff and then people are like take it easy there lady and I'm <laughs> sure your daughter is like uh, mom no yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs> whatever yeah having kids man that's got to be something yeah they're 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 interesting but now you have chosen to have doggos in your life yes i have now your dogs are famous a little bit famous yes so they, I don't, are... they can't be on my podcast because this is for oh, right <laughs> right that's the reason yeah. Okay. So, so tell us about the boys. The boys. You want I mean the real boys or the cartoon boys? Both. Well, the okay. cartoon boys are based on the real boys. Right. The cartoon boys are the real. The based on my real boys, um, Dexter and Harry. And Dexter is the sweetest dog in the world. So I've decided, of course, in his cartoon, he's like an evil guy. So <laughs> he's the mean one. Harry's the dumb one, and that's true in real life too. Mm. And um, we got we adopted Dexter. He had gone. He had been 
in a puppy mill as he was used to make new puppies. And then when they were done with him, they sent him away to be euthanized. Oh. And I said, that's a perfectly good poodle who does not need to die. So we adopted him. And then Harry came to us unexpectedly. His mama died. And so we, his human mother died. So we, we swooped in and, and took him up too. Mm-hmm. And he has a sense of entitlement because he did not come from a puppy mill. So he thinks he's too good for everything, pretty much everything. Understood. Now, Harry is a white Maltese. He's a Maltese, yes. And Dexter is a grayish poodle, toy poodle. And he used to be black, but now he's almost white. Wait, I thought Dexter was, was like, had spent time on the streets. Well, he ran away from us. Like the first week we got him, he ran away for three days. It was miserable. We felt horrible. It was so bad. And it was right in the middle of South by Southwest. And so I was doing an event. And so I had to go to this event knowing my poor dog was probably dead. And it was awful. So we put up all these signs all over the neighborhood. And then somewhere, some people found him in the in an alley and they cornered him and got him and they called the um the chip people yeah and they got in touch with us and so we got him back and when we were take walking around the neighborhood taking down the signs people would like cheer for us because they could see that we had gotten the poodle back and so it was <laughs> really amazing. fun Aww. yeah yeah and then he proceeded to spend a day barfing up whatever it was he ate while he was on the road. That was oh, charming. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dexter. Okay, Dexter. and the thing I like the most about Dexter is that he walks like an imperial at-at. <laughs> <laughs> like in, you know, in Star Wars. Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> you know, that? Yep. <laughs> he, that is exactly how he walks. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, ma'am. <laughs> I I love your dogs. I've we've had the opportunity to uh to doggy sit. Yes. On which... a couple of occasions. It's been very interesting. <laughs> my cat was not impressed. No, I would imagine not. And your yeah. cat probably weighed more than my dogs. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was not happy at all. But that was okay because she could climb into much higher spaces than they could. Right. And and the oh i know what it was dexter is afraid of thunder yes 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 so while you while we were while we were baby babysitting puppy sitting there was a thunderstorm and i was like oh my i felt so worried I thought this poor dog is having a nervous breakdown and i yeah. don't know what to do yeah <laughs> And so he was just like, and he like shakes and he looks so damn pathetic. I know, it's pitiful. Oh my God, Dexter, what, what can I do for you? (laughs) Basically, he just wanted to sit with me. Yeah. He usually just wants to be with somebody. We tried one of those thunder jackets, you know, that Uh for dogs that are supposed to, well, he's afraid of his thunder jacket. So that doesn't work. He's afraid of thunder and his thunder jacket. But I will say it was our fault because we only put the thunder jacket on when it was thundering. So we should have probably had him wear it before there was thunder just to kind of get used to wearing it. 
So we might try that again someday. Have you ever heard of Pavlov? Yes. I mean, I'm just saying. Like I'm you familiar. can train these animals. Yes. <laughs> they know. That's what they say. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I felt terrible for him. Aww. I did. He was he's they're very sweet little doggies, but poor Dexter. Dexter is my favorite. Yeah, I could tell. He's yeah. he's he's a love bug though. He yeah. he's a love bug and looks like a teddy bear. It's hard to resist him. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Um, but before we go, is there anything that you feel like this vast audience of listeners should know <laughs> about you and your work? Um, or whatever. God, you put me on the spot. I told you to tell me the questions in advance. There's no, I don't have, I don't know what my questions are. I have no, I, I've uh, all, we're just, this we're is, just talking. We're just talking. It doesn't have to be in, anything important. It doesn't have to be anything important. I mean, we mm. already know that your club name is Gwen. That's true. That's true. And really, what more do you need to know? Nothing. Let's see. That says it all. I am, I have blown up two ovens. How about that? Oh, how does your insur- how does your insurance company feel about that? <laughs> Fortunately, the only damage was my clothing and a bit of facial hair. So oh. I'm good. All right. I'm well, good. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of concern about that. I hope that's not a trend in your life. Same. Um, because that, that could be, I mean, that could be, like, you only get to blow up so many ovens before. The, yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> like, like, at some point, something's going to go terribly wrong. Right, right. <laughs> Please exercise caution is what I'm saying. I, I shall. I okay. shall. <laughs> All right. Well, Eileen, thank you. I am uh, thank you. adding to the show notes your website and your blog and uh your social media profiles and everyone should you know follow you even though you're not a famous person because you're an interesting person and also my friend and i love you i love you all right man all right man (laughs) i guess i'll uh talk to you again soon uh yeah duh And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves.